0: are we having a party here? I don't know. Welcome to Polishing Profits. Join our three industry experts boasting 140 years of experience as they unlock building service contracting secrets that can revolutionize your business. Welcome to Polishing Profits, actionable strategies for growing a thriving and profitable cleaning business. I'm Mark Anderson and we have Sharon Cowan, CBSC, and straight from the janitor's closet and somewhere in the United States of America, God only knows where, we have the one and only Mr. Ed Selkow. Welcome, guys. Greetings, people. Welcome. So we're going to have some fun here and try something. We're going to talk about pay rates and increased productivity to battle the wage increases that we're all facing. You know, some areas are paying $22 an hour. Free benefits for cleaners. 15 is now the new bottom. What in the world do you do? We all know that the customer isn't going to bear all that freight. I mean, they're sympathetic, but they're facing the same problems in their supply chains and their customers. So they'll help us to a point, you know, soften that blow. They understand wages went up. And all of us, all three of us here, are consulting with companies all over the US and Ed does some stuff internationally. Everybody's under the same gun. How do I pay a above living wage benefits, make all this work, and still be competitive in the environment that I am competitive enough to win a shot at the job. And that's what we're battling. So how do you pay for all this? Because the customer won't carry all the freight. If you've been out there doing it, you know. So what do you do with the rest? If you've increased your cost $3 an hour, customer picks up a buck or two, what do you do with the other dollar an hour? Well, you've got increased pay rates and productivity. So we're going to take off right from there. And Ed, since we were last together, we've had a lively discussion. So I, I want you to kind of set the tone about the importance of productivity and how all this stuff, because it's a common thread. It's the common red thread to everything we do in this industry.
1: Well, Give it to well, us. I see the, and this is mainly in the Facebook world, but what I see is constant back and forth about how much and the, the whole pricing thing. And every time I dip a foot into any of those conversations, I always say, look, the forgotten factor in these conversations is production. It's always production. And the fact of the matter is, he who cleans the fastest cleans the most space or the most items in the least amount of time makes the most amount of money. It's very simple. And what happened for me was this was actually the reason I went into the cleaning business. I was a student, and I had no intention of cleaning anything. All I was trying to do was to get through school. But while I was in school, what I did was I read a, it was an article from a professor at Harvard University called Theodore Lebbett, and it was called A Production Line Approach to Service. And I read that and that was when i realized this is a real business cleaning is a real business and what he said essentially was that that if we approach the service as we would if we were in a manufacturing setting okay that what we could do is we could increase productivity and what he said that there was two factors one was of course systems and processes okay so there was steps one two three four five okay and the other thing was technology and he gave a wonderful example of mcdonald's the fact that you can go to san diego and order french fries and get exactly the same french fries in boston is a real major feat OK. And the reason is that what they've done is they've got a system and their system. There's timers on there, whatever those French fry fryers are, and bells go off when it goes off. And that's how, that's how you get the same thing. The idea that you can get something standardized like that. I mean, think about if that didn't happen in the manufacturing world where everything was different. Can you imagine?
0: And that, and that all came out of Edward Demings and Bill Crosby with Ford. That thinking all came out and was all part of franchising. Whatever model is like McDonald's are all franchising, moved out of that manufacturing industry to right. to the point of the article, and that's how we have to look at at our business because again we've got hard hard pressures on everyone in the industry to pay more, and if you pay more, you got to do more, and how do you do more? You understand productivity,
2: right, Sharon? And I you want to chime in here? The productivity goes hand in hand with the training and teaching the people how to move more effectively how to clean an area more efficiently and effectively having the right tools is where you start and the latest equipment keeping on top of what's available in the market testing it out making sure it's going to going to work for your company but training the people training them on not only the technical aspect but also your time constraints and the time budget that you have on a particular space or an area or a building. So they go in armed with not only the tools, but with the information that I have only eight minutes in this section, or Mm -hmm. I have to be done with the vacuuming, as you were referring to, Mark, I have to be done with the vacuuming by nine o'clock or I'm behind. If they're not armed with that information, they're out there willy-nilly doing whatever they feel like, as long as they feel like. And there it eats your profit, whatever margin you have left. After all the pricing increases and wage increases, margins get cut. So the only way to, to save yourself from that is to speed up the productivity. And training yeah. plays a big role in that. So if you don't have your training processes down, now is the time to get them down. And the systems
0: that Ed was talking about, yeah. we used to call them run cards or route cards. And it was even for the small building when you put the key in the door, you had ten minutes to have oh. all your stuff out. and it was, it was on
1: a snap ring, right? It was like index cards yeah. on a snap yeah. ring. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Those those were great. Those those were very cool.
0: We and you know now that's all technology in large. The- you know, you run an airport, you run a manufacturing plant. You got people who touch cards point to point. If you don't have that, it's simple to make.
1: It's the same thing on one of these pads, iPads or whatever. The same thing.
2: No.
0: But how, how can you reduce time and improve your productivity if you don't know what the heck you're doing in the first place? That's where we all entered in on this. because yeah. You're going to have to clean faster to offset these rates because the customer's only going to bear so much. Or you're not going to get the work. It's a yeah. double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. It
2: swings. And you have to really evaluate, after training and retraining, at what point do you move to the replacing of the employee? Mm -hmm. If they cannot keep up with it, and as much as we're all in need of employees now, the thought of just having somebody show up is kind of a major victory in in (laughs) many cases right now. So replacing them because they don't move fast enough, but at a certain point, you have to make that decision.
0: But to your point, you train them what to do, you set the expectation, and we used to tell everybody, you're going to, when we, would, we would train them, first night in, I'm not going to go through our training, we'd, but you're going to be about one and a half times. If I'm giving you four hours, it's going to take you about six. By the time we get to Wednesday, you better be at five. And when we get to Friday, you need to be on budget. If you're not, we'll work with you. And because we had the wild cards, they understood what they were doing. So now we had a production factor set They called this industrial engineering when I went to college, because it was all manufacturing. Fred Flintstone was still building the car he used to pedal. You know, that's, that's how old I am, Ed. I think I might beat you a year or two. And we get back to this. If you're not as productive as your competition, you're not going to win the job.
1: Here's a question. What would each of you, what was your criteria For spending money on something new that you've never had before in terms of equipment or chemicals, what was the criteria where you would bite the bullet and go ahead and take a shot and try something?
0: You've got to take a risk
1: to win.
2: Yeah. I didn't really have any criteria. I just did it. I was like the new shiny object girl. I, you Mm -hmm. know, if if it was out and it was new, if the BSCAI was talking about it, and the bigger companies who I followed like they were gods, if they were using it, I thought I can do that too. I've got to do that to bring my company up to where I want it to be. So to name a criteria, zero. I didn't have it. I just did it. Well,
1: then you wound up with a lot of stuff that didn't work because that's I was the same. <laughs> so there was an awful lot of stuff that didn't work, you know. and, and- I
2: learned after. Well, to- I, we were just I, 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 talking
1: about the hundreds of thousands of
0: dollars we all had in our warehouse yeah. that didn't work.
1: Yeah, talking floor signs was a loser,
2: <laughs> right? Well, I maybe I could have some criteria. I just didn't realize it.
1: Mark, well, you dealt with a whole bunch of people there at the top of your organization. What would co- cause you guys to bite the bullet and spend on something that you didn't have before to increase productivity? The
0: simple answer to that was reducing needed manpower like walkbine scrubbers. I know when the computerization of those things first came in, we studied that stuff. So when the backpack vacuum came in, I know this, people are going to think, what do you mean when it came in? I mean, that's just a standard, an industry standard. <laughs> to us, it was brand new news. I mean, so Yeah, let's give this a go. And then people's back started to hurt. There's a whole nother unintended consequences that they all eventually had to work through that. But we look at how can we help our people be more productive so we can do three things. Give them more money, make the company more money and keep our customer costs as low as possible. And what can we pass on? So when we ask for next year's increase, I don't have to ask seven. I can only ask, I only need to ask five. And we would educate our customers we have found these improvements, we've done these things, and instead of seven, it's only a 5% ask this year. That w- so our driver was improvement and productivity to help everybody in the system.
1: Yeah, that was a great point, Mark, keeping the uh, the client involved in this. And it's like, look, we're making an investment here, and, uh, and we want you to understand that, and know that. And you don't say it outright, but I mean, that's exactly what it was for, for the next time you go for an increase. You're laying the groundwork for an increase. Look, we're investing in getting, in keeping your building cleaner. It's an investment.
0: Right. And the other thing about getting the money you need, raise your prices every year. I made that yeah. mistake for years for fear they'd go out the bid. And finally in my 40s, I got smart and we started handling things different. I don't know if I got smart. That's probably a stupid statement. But anyway, we would look at it and we took, cost of living every time. And we worked 60 days in front of it. We had a whole plan. We worked 60 days in front of it. We prepped everybody. They knew it was coming. We negotiated it. And, you know, from that time on in the business, we got money every year. And we never had to ask everything we thought we need because we were productive in the account. And we passed that on, again, to the employees, to the company, and to the customer. Those were our stakeholders. And everybody got a taste. And we tell the employees, You do this faster, we're going to pay you for performance and productivity, among other programming. So, some thoughts, Ed. Did you go in freeze land? Ed?
1: Yeah. Am I here? Oh, oh. Where am I?
0: Yeah, you kind of froze for a second. Sorry about that, Ed. Did you hear my question? Where am I? (laughs) Where am I? I? I?
2: (laughs) Getting fused from the janitor closet.
0: Yeah. If Ed goes still in the forest, does anybody still hear him? (laughs) Yeah, the two- so what, what other things do we want to? I mean, this is a deep topic. We could go, you could run a two day seminar on this stuff, on how yes. to do all this the, the negotiating, the productivity, the studying your accounts. The key thing for everybody listening if you don't know what you're producing on every one of your accounts, square foot per hour, you need right. to back it up. And right. this all goes back, and Ed and Sharon and I were having a discussion prior to starting this. So many people don't understand from the get-go. And again, this is the smaller, the large organizations. It's all a given yeah. the business. You understand some of this stuff, but hopefully you'll get a, a tidbit or two of insight from this. You have to understand these production rates. And you just can't say, I'm going to clean a 3,000 hour square foot an hour, 4,000. It depends on a ton of stuff. Again, that's a whole nother seminar in and of itself. You have to know what you produce, but you have to be able to bid the work so you can build those route cards or those run cards we were talking about and know exactly how long it takes that business. It takes me three hours to do the restrooms, five hours to do the vacuum. Well, you just don't get that by square foot per hour. You just can't throw it all in a big box and say, I can do 3000 square foot an hour. And if you don't know how to bid an estimate today's conversation is going to be an awakening because you have to have that. They used to call it retuning accounts. Right, reengineering. Yeah, re-engineering. A number, I think that's the industry word for it. You have to do that, and because prices are going up next year, it's going to cost more to get an employee. I promise you. I watch all this stuff on yes. the economic side.
1: At ABM, one of the things that I was told was, he says, "Look, man, you know this is a tough deal." It says, "Every three months, we get a memo: cut labor five percent."
0: Now, you're not suggesting we do that. We
1: don't have- No, no. But to I mean, like that, that was, I mean, th- but that's how they did it. You know, that's how they did it. You know, cut labor 5%, yeah. cut labor 5%, you know. And uh, what would happen is that when, you're, when your back's up against the wall, all of a sudden, there's all kinds of miracles that are possible.
2: Yeah. That productivity rate can be amazing when your back is up against the wall.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, but, yeah. I think it was Andrew Grove, the first CEO of Intel. I think it was Grove. And he wrote a book, you know, that basically said, you have to be willing to eat your own lunch or your competitor will. Mm -hmm. And it's only the paranoid survive was the name of the book. Now, I'm not saying run around biting your fingernails, but you always have to be aware that on a large building, they're getting 10, 15 calls a week. Somebody else saying, I can do this better, faster Mm -hmm. and make you happier. So you're only going to survive if you're constantly challenging yourself, your staff, to do more, better, faster. And I know that's poor English. And you might hit a road, you might not. There's times we thought, we, and this really works on larger buildings, that we couldn't go any faster. I had an account one time, we were billing 35000 a month. They hit a bad spot when technology went down in the 90s, and they got us down to $13,000 a month. And we were still there because we know it's wow. better to ride the horse than get off and try to find the horse again. OK, so you just bear with your
2: partner.
0: Right. Right. And I, I could, this was a tough dude. He ran their whole worldwide global thing. He goes, I don't know how you guys do it, but we keep chopping you and the place still stays clean. And I go, well, if I tell you that you'd run me down. You don't need them. me.
2: So. Yeah, you don't need me. <laughs> and
0: end of that story, run it up fast. By the time I left that company and sold mine, they were billing 50 grand a month. And the folks that picked that up from us, they were billing 200,000 before it was all said and done. Because we rode the horse from 30 to 13. But you have to find a way. And when I was in the technology sector was big for us, clean rooms, data centers, all this stuff. They're constantly telling you to reduce your costs. That's part of being a partner. Hate to tell you that. That's part of being a partner right? because if you're not a partner, you're an employee and they just come and cut in, te- they cut 10,000 right. heads at Amazon and Facebook. So at least if you're a partner, you get an opportunity to keep your
2: work. Well, and again, I just think it goes back. To, all of it goes back to training, teaching, yep. making sure they understand what it is they have to do and how much time they have to do it. How many don't are never given a, amount of time that they have to get it done
1: and, and then incentivize them to do it faster that exactly. you know if there are raises and more money in available uh for raises yeah, exactly. for the staff it has to be tied to productivity
0: i was just reading an article in the harvard business review and one other one they now call this job enlargement it's got several different things but it's basically there's nothing new They people just find a new way to title it and mix it up. It's job enlargement. We get people to do more, to make their job more interesting, to make more money. Some people don't, what they warn you about job enlargement, you can only keep adding, we can call it job task creep, where customers mm-hmm. have scope creep. And you can only add it to a point now, that Ed brought in, then say, I'm not getting paid enough to do this, I'm out of here. But you pay them enough yeah. to do it. You show them how to do it yeah. and make more. And even if they never want to be any more than a cleaning technician, they'll be the best cleaning technician you'll have. We have, and we they had can make a lot of money by, by moving them. fast. They can make more money. And if you can't move fast, then there's another place for you. There's always a place on the team in a big building.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah,
1: and also there's, you know, there's the kid in the paper hat screaming more burgers from the back room.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know. <laughs> yeah there's him
0: too well I think for today that's that's 21 minutes on productivity why it's probably more important than it's ever been because after right. we've rolled through the pandemic and you know the 15 now movement is here that's no longer coming they thought right. that would be a, we're pressed and a lot of my customers are all paying 22 bucks an hour to the cleaners right. $30 an hour for specialty work people for supervisors. How do you make this work? Well, I hope we've shared some secrets that will help you with your company, give you some ideas to make it work better and polish your profits. Sharon, I'll go to
2: you. Ed, you get the last word.
0: The Scrub Down, a recap of what was covered on today's episode.
2: Again, I'm going to harp on the training and, and bringing up their efficiency levels, but you have to give them the tools to work with not only the physical tools, but the technical tools in terms of how do I clean this area so I can get it done in eight minutes instead of the 15 it used to take me.
0: Ed, close us out. Last word.
1: Yeah, listen, we are open to questions and feedback. So, you know, you're welcome to comment on anything that we've discussed here. And we'd be real interested to know what your thoughts are and how you looked at what we had to say.
0: And yeah, if you think okay. we're nuts, it won't be the first time any of the three of us have been called nuts.
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Maybe thank years,
2: you. F- maybe yours. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> Customers called us nuts. Employees called us nuts. Anyway, Polishing Profits, we'll see you in the next issue. Take care. Right.
1: Thanks. Bye, guys.